Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I'm joined by three members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hello. I have Scott. Just like to say, it's nice having Carl back as the host. Ah. <laughs> so nice. It's so nice. Hello. I, I like it too. And I have Todd. <laughs> Hello. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, well, probably a lot actually. We're going to get into some good detail on some wildfire stuff. But uh, first, we want to cut into the Mill Bay Moor fire. So, Scott, you want to take that? Yeah, so uh, a couple of days ago, there was a... We, we actually first were made aware of this. There was a post on one of the firefighter sites. Mm-hmm. It was Facebook, so kind of um, That we saw this big list of apparatus. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's mm-hmm. a lot of mutual aid. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I don't have the list right up right now, but... Um, I think there was like 50 firefighters on scene. a lot of units. Um, several units. Um, so Mill Bay is on the island. Um, I know they have, um, from working with a few of them in the past, and also I, a bunch of them come to seminar, a bunch of the guys in that area, I know they have a very robust uh, mutual aid system. So um, from talking to some of them, it's like almost automatic aid. So as soon as something goes, it kicks off, um, they start paging out other units. Just because they're, um, I think because their water supply isn't the best. Oh. Um, like they don't have a lot of hydrants out there. So, um, Pioneer Square Mall caught on fire for the third time. <laughs> so, Jeez. someone said it was the fourth time in this article, but basically it sounds like, um, it's something that they were waiting, um, waiting to have happen. 31. 31. What? Pieces 31 units? There. Oh, but, but that's yeah. counting like CVSC <clears throat> and Correct. police yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, so that's including, um, like Hydro, there was the unit from Hydro on scene, uh, MCON, RCMP, BCAS, CVSE. Uh, office of the fire commissioner and ministry of environment, but yeah, one of the quotes from the Mill Bay fire chief was, uh, he said, uh, the building is totally lost, and then he said, and then he added, it's collapsing. I have to go. (laughs) 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 So anyways, it collapsed, and when it collapsed, it uh, it said a a crowd of onlookers cheered. (laughs) So obviously they were waiting for this building to (laughs) to burn down. Um, it sounded like it was a little bit of a nightmare building um mm. we are actually tempting uh the ic that was on scene not the chief that was just, just quoted here there was uh, an ic that um i met last year on deployment and we're gonna try to get him on at the end of june maybe not just to talk about this fire but just his experiences on the island so nice yeah sweet yeah that'd be a good one yeah they had uh so mill bay fire department malahat uh Shawnigan lake couchin bay and duncan and north couchin mm-hmm. departments yeah Engine, engine, ladder, rescue, tender, engine, tender, battalion one, tender, 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 ladder, engine, tender, tender, command, tender, tower. So obviously lots of tenders. Yeah. yeah. So water. Ooh, yeah, water yeah. supply big. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. When you're running a ladder, like a, <laughs> when you're running a ladder truck, mm-hmm. not much volume of water. You're... Yeah, you're pushing out a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be interested to have that conversation. Yeah. When we get that, when oh, we get that yeah. opportunity. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, so let's move on then. Let's go into the. Uh, so tonight, we're, like I said, we're going to be talking about the wildfire side of things. Um, you know, size up and, and everything that goes along with that, including uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Because obviously, it is is coming up to that time of year. We're already seeing it yeah. in, mm-hmm. in our well, area. Alberta, they said they had eighty one fires over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, really? Like campfire related? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's already here. Like yeah. it's just yeah. the way it is, right? Well, and I, I, this kind of goes ties into what we did last 
week for practice. True. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll we'll start up on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so practice last week. Um, we've been doing so basically May was our wildfire month. Mm-hmm. Um, we we started with the was it WFF SPP one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 a wildland firefighter for structural protection. I, I never have to do that again, do I? Uh, maybe again one day. <laughs> Anyways, we we did the uh, we do it every year for the for the new people because that's you know uh, mm-hmm. not only policy it's uh, I think it's um, worksite uh, so and, and office of fire yeah. commissioner. Yeah. So we make sure all the ro- rookies have it, but um, it's been quite a while. So we made everybody take it. Um, Ash powered through the PowerPoint. In yes, one night. he did. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. And a I had to high five him at the end of it because I was like, I couldn't have done another night of this. For sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was a yeah. lot. Okay. Death by PowerPoint, right? It's a lot. I mean, it was nice that we got actually a lot of engagement from the yeah, floor, oh, yeah. which it was going so so well. We were <laughs> kind of right. Well, well, quote. It was it was actually flowing fair fairly good. Glenn did a really good job of. It. Keeping it on track, yeah. You know, he definitely made made sure that we were, you know, covering ground as well. But uh, getting some feedback from the floor, having that engagement, um, kind of right around where I was thinking about stopping, <coughs> we still had quite a bit of time left in the night. I'm like, ah, we'll just press on a little further <laughs> and see. And like nobody was really fading. Like one guy, but he already said he had to leave early because he had worked like really early in the morning. Uh, but the rest of the crew like was very much engaged still. So like, well, rather than burning up some classroom time yeah. the following week, let's just get through this as a group. Uh, and then we had our cele- celebration of learning together, which yeah. was great. <laughs> and uh, everybody did great. Which then, and, and like yeah. no one complained. No, no, just just to be and, clear, I'm not complaining. Yeah. And just, it's actually hmm. funny because of how little classroom we do. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we that's do it the, once, a, once every few months. Everyone's exactly like, oh my we god, we had so much classroom to do. Meanwhile, poor <laughs> Todd and his freaking crew are trying to do the ten one. <laughs> They're always in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> they have a heavy classroom component. Yeah, so yeah. you know we don't do a lot of classroom. We're usually mostly hands on. Absolutely. Um, but by doing it all in one night, we were able to do yeah. the next week. We did. Um, um, another set of hands-on at the training ground and did some kind of some like almost like a little mini scenario but, mm-hmm. but just some you know refresh everybody on bump and runs and anchored holes and all that kind of stuff yeah. and then Thursday um, so this is a scenario I've been thinking of since basically January mm-hmm. um, and it's been kind of rolling around back and forth in my head like which Todd's got to go to bed. <laughs> and, I mean, meanwhile, Ash, yeah, even while Ash uh, yawns. <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, this scenario's been rolling around in my head for since probably January. I mean, talking to Ash, um, and it's kind of keeps changing. It kept changing because for a while there, I was going to do it north of town, and then we were going to do it in town, and then I'm like, okay, let's do two task force, one in town, one above town. <laughs> yeah. And just so happened when we were out doing a thing with uh, Will, uh, Willowbrook. Yeah, um, we did. The we did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fire training we did. Um, we were driving back through, and there's an area in our fire district that's kind of up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And it's, when you look at it, it's kind of weird because it's like, it doesn't seem like it should be part of us, but it is. Mm-hmm. And we've had fires there before. And it's nice because there's a section that's interface and then a section that's intermix. Yeah. So we drove up there, and I actually hadn't been in some of these spots before, mm-hmm. and so we drove in, we're like, oh, yeah, this would make a really good scenario. And then we start looking around. Make a hell of yeah. a retirement house, too. Yeah, and then, ta- and then <laughs> Ash found his future retirement home. Um, so, <laughs> so we 
we talked to the people, and the people up there were like, man, they were like the most so supportive. receptive. They were like so happy right. to have us. Anytime you guys want to come, so we were like, okay, well, we want to come <laughs> at the end of the month. We want to come down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we set it all up. Um, so then on Wednesday night, we went, mm-hmm. um, drove around, put up little um, flagging tapes everywhere to kind of mark where the fire was. We thought about how the progression is going to be. And then we found, I want to say we had what, five, six different homes laid out where we were doing five or six three, at least? Six. Yeah. Six. Plus the roadways mm-hmm. and driveways and stuff. So, um, yeah. And then Thursday night we, I brought up the, ma- the Google map on the big screen, kind of told everybody what was happening, um, gave a brief description of what we're going to be doing. Um, did kind of a quasi assignment, like I made, uh, I made our deputy chief, the IC mm-hmm. and the rule was, uh, the, the chief, he had to be the last, you know, out. so the story was he was out of town on another meeting. So he was coming in last and I just, cause I just wanted to break up command a little bit, not have them like both, both of them race away. out. Yeah. Yeah. And then the chief's job was to kind of like control the apparatus leaving. So they're not, all, it's a practice that they're not all leaving at once more realistically, like leaving in little groups. <clears throat> so the scenario was a lightning strike midsummer um <clears throat> kind of the worst case scenario was like three in the afternoon um relatively relative humidity was below 30 um temperature was above 30 mm-hmm. wind i had like wind above 30 but then i'm like no that'd be like a firestorm coming at you so i'm like so i dropped it down to like 15 20 whatever so um yeah then i had ash take a house jason take a house and todd was helping us and todd took the roadway yeah. Um, and then I rode with the IC, so my job was to paint the picture as we're driving, because obviously nothing's actually on fire. So I'm trying to paint the picture to the IC so he can relay it to the cruiser arriving, like, yeah, okay, you see big clouds of, of smoke. I said, off in the distance, you can see a big cloud of black smoke. It's like, well, do you think, he's like, is that a structure? I said, well, there's there's a driveway, because one of the places we didn't actually talk to the owners. <laughs> so we're like, oh. I'm like, oh, that house is lost. <laughs> so... But it was also like good because I'm like I'm trying to express to him that we're probably not going to go down that driveway. So he realized right away. Nope. I said, yeah. I said, whatever's down that driveway, it's black smoke pouring out, like, and the fire is coming over the coming over the road. So no reason for us to go down there. He's like, okay, no reason. And then uh, yeah, painting the trying to paint the picture is hard because you're trying to picture fire <laughs> coming down and the, oh that little piece of flagging tapes that's a rank four fire coming down the hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, then what we did, he drove in, um, and we've been kind of playing around with the task force idea lately. And I think everybody's kind of sold on it now after that, that yeah. night. Um, it works well with your, um, amount of apparatus you have. Yeah. So we've have our apparatus divided up into the, into the numbers. So, um, everything with two at the end, it just so happens we have a bus truck with two at the end, uh, engine with two at the end and a tender with two at the end. And the command vehicle doesn't have two at the end, but it's just, uh, it's our duty officer truck. So that's like, that's what we call task force two. And then we have task force one, which is everything that has one at the end. So it got a little screwy because, uh, I think tender two left yeah, with the engine one. Left, yeah. And then it kind of got a little, uh, messed up there, but I think they sorted it out or something. Mm-hmm. And it just made a lot more sense because, um, and we have to work on this a little bit more, but overall I see, and then he just talks to the two task force leaders. Mm-hmm. And then two task force leaders talks to the uh, engine bosses, what what they call the engine bosses or captains, and then everybody and then disseminate down from there. So I think it really worked well, um, and it's definitely going to be something we're going to be going for. 
Um, <clears throat> so the bush trucks, including our new side by side, bombed up and down the road, hit um, spot fires that Todd laid out. Yeah, so we were throwing. Uh, so we've got paint and p- painted pieces of wood, and we'll throw it on the grass. Uh, that'll visualize uh, some little spot fires. So the crews have to go out and action identify them, action with a hose or a ground uh, or a hand tool, and rake a guard around it, etc. Um, and then they collect them and give them back, and then they move on to the next. Yeah. So, like that. Yeah. The idea of collecting them and bringing them back. Yeah, it worked good. Yeah, a few of them uh, we checked Earl and I were like, oh, this one didn't get any water. <laughs> but uh, no, they did very well. Uh, I like they, the one, one didn't they drive right past it? And, yeah. They drove past one by the telephone pole. You punched so, them for it. Yeah, we dumped a whole pile more wood uh, right there, and I <laughs> stuck a few in the side of the pole, so it was very obvious. <laughs> the pole was now on fire. <laughs> but it worked really well, and uh, just seeing the urgency of how everybody treated it, like, they were moving with purpose. They got off and, and hustled. It was real time. It yeah, was really it was real nice time to see. moving it. Yeah. And good communication back and forth between the crews. Hey, we got to stop right here. Stop. Backed up. Pulled the hose off. Someone mm-hmm. jumped up with a hand tool and away they went. Yeah. Yeah. And then on your section, so you were running, mm-hmm. uh, so you weren't running. You were like the, you were like the fire. <laughs> yeah. Just, I was like, <clears throat> I was the fire, a little the bit angel of the, the angel shoulder. on the shoulder. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, our house where I was at was going to be kind of house now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> house you hour, want. Like hour through. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not like my Moving house. Well, I'm going to send an email tomorrow. <laughs> I'm actually going to send an email. <laughs> um, it was going to be the first actionable structure that we were going to have to, you know, try to defend. So we got the engine in there first uh, with the tender soon following um and the bush truck was out doing some patrols and actioning those spot fires that you guys were putting out and again the reality is you got that bottleneck so immediately you have an engine you have a tender and then bob comes beetling in like pretty soon following so you've got so bob was smart he parked way away actually like way down where i where i parked because there was a nice spot away from the home where they could park on some some green greenish grass um, so we were way out of the way, Bob parked next to me, so he, he wasn't in anybody's way, he had egress, it was good. Um, but you're trying to get an engine and a water tender to turn, turn around in a pretty small space. So there's a lot of, you know, Austin Powers, they got everybody spun around, which is great. Um, and I said, okay, you got fire coming over this here hill, um, we got some pretty decent winds coming, uh, you got ember showers happening. Uh, watch for spot spot fires so like they, they did that they flaked out a couple of protection lines um they ran off the engine first because uh, that was the quickest to deploy and then once the tender was there they got a bladder dropped uh got the portable pump running and then transitioned over to that soon soon following to get that engine so it could be freed up so kind of right around the time that the engine was about to get freed up uh i walked over to the engine boss which was uh jp and i'm like hey just so you know uh, there's a couple spot fires that are happening up on the top of that hill um if you would like to stretch lines you can uh if you would like to deploy um a brush truck to do that so either uh the side by side or the bush truck whichever is in our area um because at that time we weren't quite shifted into task forces quite quite yet so kind of just gave like hey like these are your actionable items that you have to look after right right now so yeah they they did really good they got the the engine uh separated so it was back mobile uh they were running off the pump and the bladder it was great and I think they called for um, the side-by-side, which yeah. actually then spoke to the homeowner and were like, hey, 
do you mind if we like wheel like, it up there? He'll climb it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, like hammer down. It's just dirt and sage. Like, sure. So lock, locked room four. Uh, group of four of them parked right up on top, top of the hill there, strung out 40 feet of line and took care of all the spots that were cool. on fire up, up at the top. And right about that time is when I took off from that site and said, Kate, once you're done there, uh, you have actioned everything. Uh, still, we need to protect the structure. Oh, and also, um, JP did a quick 360 and he um, visualized and spoke about you know everything. There were some things on the deck. He's like, I want yeah. to get these away from the house. That, that house was yeah. super <clears throat> fire smart. Yeah, they were very smart. Um, they're like, well, we can do anything. <laughs> this is how we got it. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it was very, very fire smart. They're like, we wanted to keep what was happening, happening. So, yeah. like, like, there was next to zero ladder fuels, lots of green space surrounding the structure. Uh, even their shop, which is over against a bank, it didn't have any, like, foliage or anything behind it. Yeah. It was very, very fire smart. So, uh, so once we did the quick walk around there, it's like, okay, you've actioned everything. We still have to protect it because there is still active fire coming towards us. It hasn't reached us yet. It's still on that side of the bank. Um, but your, your engine is free. Uh, and at that point, I went down to the next section and waited for the rest of your guys' area right. to play out. Yeah. And I, I think it was really good because we had the bush trucks ripping up and down the road. Because mm-hmm. um, their job, and I, and I I didn't give it away, but I, I reminded everybody. I'm like, bush trucks' jobs, uh, especially on fires like these when you're in the intermix, is to is to clear the route. Yeah. So make sure your your egress routes or your um, anchor mm-hmm. points are, are open yeah. and, and your... Uh, and your escape routes are open. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh, so they just bombed up and down the road where Todd was, like Todd already said, and they hit things. And then the bush truck could bomb, uh, I'm sorry, the um, little side-by-side, they can go down and to deal with a little bit more spot fire. Yeah. So it went really well. But it does bottleneck the, For the sure. road a little bit. Um, but also, those things are fast. So if, if everybody had to leave in a hurry, the bush truck would lead the way out and the engines would follow them. Yeah. Right? Um, and then up where Jay, Jay was, um, there was another house. Mm-hmm. And that house, um, less fire smart. Um, they did have some, like, they, they were pretty clean, but they had a lot of, they had a big shop and, like, kind of an outs, and a, uh, a building on the outskirt. Yeah. Um, that we said that was already on fire. So we were just, that was a write off. Um, so those guys, again, they, they dropped up. They, they were a little slower. They, they had their engine running and they were mm-hmm. kind of nursing. They were doing the nursing of the, of the tender. So okay. they basically hook it up like an umbilical and nursed into the engine. And oh. I reminded them, I said, hey, you know, we want to anchor and hold this. So we want eventually want to drop a bladder. Right. Drop a pump and run some lines. So they yeah. eventually did that. Was that your truck? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we were first off with the line. We hit it yeah. fast. Oh, yeah. You had lots of water going. initial, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it was just waiting for that tender to Yeah. To so be set. I don't know if the guys weren't thinking about doing it or not, but I, I did a quick reminder like, hey, we want to have the bladder dropped and... The sooner we do that, the sooner the engine's freed to yeah. move around. <clears throat> and about the same time, we had actually had a um, one of the mutual aid departments was helping us. So they brought yeah. a tender, and um, they came and they were um, they didn't we didn't need any water from them yet. So they started um, doing some um, just actioning some spot fires that we were seeing sure. was on the driveway up, but that ended up being a little tricky because now they're in a big tender stuck in the middle of the driveway with some line deployed, and then the command vehicle had to leave because there was another section of the fire that kicked off as yeah. we called it in so it made it for really realistic because that's what happens like chaos engine mm-hmm. starts getting bottled or vehicles yeah. start getting bottlenecked in we can't just leave the fire burn and leave the because then the, then the route really becomes um 
congested. Because <laughs> now there's a tree burning across the road. That's a problem. That was exactly <laughs> the situation that happened on, on the fire up here. Uh, the real fire last year was when we were pulling out. You're, you're in uh, the rescue yeah. prior to us as we're bumping out with to the next house. And there's some spot fires by the road. So you yeah. stopped. We stopped. Actioned it. them. Yeah. And then we mosed on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Wasn't super complicated, but it was lots of moving parts going on. Sure, um, you know Brian was he was the IC and he was like, yeah, this is getting a little intense. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and then uh, we ended up bumping him down. So probably about I want to say a kilometer away. Yep. Um, we had like basically the fire forked off and went to another area that we talked to the homeowners about. So they basically had to shift everything, bump and run tactic, move down to the next section. Um, leave a small crew to do like tactical patrols on the fires we were just at. Um, they left some pumps in, in the, yeah. the ladders there for a while. I mean, obviously it's practice, so we didn't want to leave everything everything scattered all throughout in case we had a real call. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we moved down, um, yeah. did some more more of the same, um, and then we actually managed to fill. There was a someone had a swimming pool um, that they have given us permission on an event of a big fire because there's no hydrants up there mm-hmm. um, that we could um come and use it as a water supply yeah so we yeah. offered we were like well how about we put a bunch of water in it for you mm-hmm. so we did so it was like a a win-win so yeah, they got thank a pool. you for letting us use your your property uh and also in uh, return thank you for allowing us to, to pull off of this yeah. in an event so it gave us a chance to look at it figure out how we're going to pull off it and it's five thousand gallons of water that we could use in the event of fire which is because mm-hmm. our our nearest hydrant to that location um, it's a mean, long ways. I think mm. uh, a couple of the guys that run the tenders, they said it was a 20... Yeah, 22, 24-minute round trip to the one that they were pulling from. Yeah. We do a have one closer, but it's a uh, reclaimed yeah. hydrant. And there were some other ones closer in the in the mutual aid people's fire district, but mm. they, again, they don't. there's not a lot of water in there. No. Because it's a cistern. Mm. Yeah, it's a, a tower. So, yeah. so, yeah. there, so having an extra 5,000 gallons of water on demand is important. Mm. At the absolute outer regions of, and I know there is one more too. pool there that we uh, we've drawn from before in a wildfire. Mm-hmm. Um, we we hooked our pump in, mm-hmm. so there is some water up there, but not yeah, not hydrant water. So. No, you know I think overall it went really really well. Um, <clears throat> I got to double as uh, dispatch, so being where it is, comms are always going to be shitty. Yeah. So, um, I treated it like. If I couldn't hear you, I asked for it again. Um, you know, they would call and I would start to answer, and I could tell people were were talking over the radio or trying to like you know walk on dispatch um, because they might not be picking up all of the comms yeah. either, right? Uh, and again, it's it's always the first few moments. Like I think once everything was rolling, it was very much like it just dialed it back. Um, people started to switch over to tack channels. Which was really good. Yeah. We were on one of them, <laughs> yeah, so. um, for running like the sim. But I know um, uh, the twos, like the the second task task force was uh, on tack two, and that was working really like really well for them. Yeah. Um, so that kept the airways clear as well, which was really really yeah. good. Because yeah, there, like there's, there's a lot. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot that, going on that goes on there. Well, then there's how many units? There's eight. Eight trucks driving around, mm-hmm. plus the uh, mutual aid trucks. I mean, yeah, two and, engines, two tenders, two bush trucks, two command vehicles, two command vehicles, and a mutual aid department. Mm-hmm. And then now we throw forestry in there, so now we mm-hmm. throw another radio channel in. 
yeah. helicopters, um, air support. Mm-hmm. We had told them that there's, I mean, you were saying that there's air support dropping yeah. uh, uh, runs. So I was yeah. telling them, <laughs> and Brian at one point I said, I, I think I rated you on top yeah. one. I said, hey, uh, tell them that uh, it's the last run for force because it was, it was actually starting to get dark. So. Yeah. And then uh, what he, he called him out on. Yeah, he's laser. like, why are you to be lazy? And yeah. like, like, you're actually on. I, I said, I'm like, reminder, you're actually on the actual channel, the net that everyone can hear. Yes. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he was on our local channel. So anybody yeah. listening could yeah, he's kind of grab that. Yeah. It was, yeah, overall, well, I don't know. Carl, you were there. What did you think? It went good. It went really well. Again, it's just that, that practicing of mobility and just staying. Staying aware, knowing what's going on. Again, our, our simulations are always, it's always fun. Getting out there and actually running the scenarios is always one of my favorite things to Absolutely. do. Because not only is it just that practice of, you know, we've done a few bits and pieces here and there. But for me, it was a good thing. I, I got actually bumped off of the tender and I ended up on an engine. So, you know, it was it was a good little change yeah. of pace and, from the last few. things that happened on the fire happened to you guys because someone stole your nozzle. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I put it down. I knew yeah. as well as soon as I put yeah. it down on that flatbed, I knew it was getting. Yeah, pinched. someone stole the oh, nozzle, yeah. and then yeah. when I was over there, someone actually someone else stole the uh, gated wire. Yeah, truck, and I'm yeah, like, they stole ours. Yeah. They're like, we're missing a gated wire. I'm like, I, I checked. It's on here. They're like, I'm like, oh, those guys have it over there on that yeah. pump. I'm like, well, you know who else has a gated wire? That truck that they didn't. So then we went. And, so then they went and stole their gated wire off their truck, and I was like, but that's what happens. You know, when guys guys see a piece of uh, equipment, they're like, I need this now. I'm gonna take it, and you know, I, it's. It's definitely not right, no. uh, but guard your truck. But we know it is what happens, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you you know you could be like we could either be super hard on the guys and be like that's freelancing, and you have to talk to command before you do anything, or we just say get yeah, a job done. yeah, you got a job done, way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe don't steal from the other guy's truck, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but they got the work done. They needed the thing, and they knew what they needed, and they're not going to wait and be like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to wait for the command guy to find out where mm-hmm. it is, and. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think solve, solve a problem yes. and then relay what, what you did yeah. <laughs> I, the, yeah. I think the big win for that too was uh, having the two task force um, just frees up the communication so much yeah. better so there's I mean in a perfect world it's minimal people talking to IC anyways yeah. but when you have that many things going on and like for a real event now you got the forestry channel IC's got to be working with yeah. as well and then the TAC mm-hmm. channel and the dispatch channel like there, there's a lot so yeah, sure it really simplified once everybody went on to those tacks. Um, and then every now and then you'd hear that uh, task force leader or engine boss talk to somebody and then, okay, and then you'd hear in the next channel uh, that engine boss talk to command. Yeah. So, so I think what we're going to do, uh, we're having an officer meeting on, because it's, it's a slight change of what we've been doing in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to um, suggest on a, bush, on a bushfire, um, task force two goes out first. Because it has a, uh, it kind of has a bush, bushy stuff on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of better. Like it has more wildland stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's got an engine that can turn in a tighter radius. Um, it's got a, it's got the side by side, which is a great. This is like the best scout vehicle we Absolutely. have. Yeah. Um, and it's got, it's got a, a water tender that um, can get around in the bush a little bit better. And then after that, obviously task force one would roll. But you know, um, we're talking. You know, if we just say over the radio, as soon as we see a wildfire, yeah, I want task force two to roll. That way we don't have to be like, I want this engine and that engine, and I want I want this bush. Just say, yeah, hey, I want no, Task Force. No. Yeah, task Force Two, you roll first. You're with me. After that, Task Force One rolls, and we just have to have an order of that, like mm-hmm. bush truck, like because then by then they should know what they need. What do you need now? Mm-hmm. So, and then the channels, the radio channels. Yeah. I think it'll work well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think I was chatting with uh, with Willbrook after like we were done. 
and then with some of their guys the following day. Um, so that truck is set, like their tender is set for pump and roll. And they've got spray bars and right. all of that stuff. So he's like, if you're ever in a in a you know situation where you need to get that that uh, roadway clear, I should just go to the other spray bar then. Exactly, <laughs> I didn't know that. Right? Yeah. yeah. So knowing that after the fact, um, yeah, they they could have started at you know one end of the road yeah. and laid down a nice guard, which we do have that available right. to us with those caps. Yeah. Um, but they yeah they have a, a front and a rear bar. Which uh, they're like, yeah, you guys can can ask for us anytime, and we'd be happy to come and help. So, nice, cool. Remind me after I got taken to the picture of that cap. We got a yeah, video sure. that I want to post. Yeah, yeah. But okay. I want a picture of that cap. Okay. So at the beginning of all of this, we still need to size up the fire. So yeah. the initial so step. The, <laughs> <laughs> so back to the real fires, I guess we should say. Like yeah. This, yeah. So that initial step of any of these situations the call comes in our guys are getting out there we need to get this size up because again we as we know those first 24 hours the local crews are pretty much on their own you can obviously call mutual aid those teams are going to be coming to help you but those first 24 hours your your attack teams and your your uh your crew is going to be you're basically solo for that portion sure. so let's talk about that size up piece first I think the beginning, it comes back to kind of very similar to the other fires. Like, as you're rolling up, your dispatch is already giving the area, you know, maybe how big the size of the fire is. Um, so, as we're driving, we're going to be reading the smoke conditions, right? So, if I'm seeing this massive column that's wind-driven, uh, dirty brown, gray smoke, you know, that's advancing quickly, I know that fire is going to be moving pretty quickly. And if I'm that first unit arriving... I'm thinking, okay, well, it looks like it's going to this direction, so where am I going to be able to safely get eyes on and have an escape route? Mm -hmm. um, so that's already starting until you you arrive, and then it's it's everything kind of hits up. Size of the fire, wind direction, um, resources needed. Um, so And during all this, all of our resources are already flooding out. So while you're doing that assessment, now you're going to have to start tasking your units on the fly, of which... Yeah. Hopefully we have a few different access routes yep. where we can maybe be sending one fire to, maybe it's, it's called the eastern flank, uh, another uh, pump and uh, uh, tender to, say, the western flank or something, right? So a lot of that's happening pretty quickly. Yeah, I think because uh, most well, like wildland, we're going to have uh, forestry involved. Yeah. So yeah. They, <clears throat> they really need, I guess they really need the size up. Um, just so they know what resources to send, because mm -hmm. especially in the middle of summer, they have limited resources. So they're gonna send, um, you know. So we try to do it. You try to do it based on a, a size you can, you know. So like yeah. I do it in gun ranges, because <laughs> I know gun ranges. <laughs> so I'm like, like oh that's 50 meters, that's 100 meters, you know. So I in my head I, I'm visualizing that. A lot of people do football fields, mm -hmm. um, but then I'm like, is it a stadium or is it a, is it a field? Because <laughs> <I'm>, I had them <laughs> like them in seats. <laughs> so, um, some guys it's just a Canadian feet. football yeah, field or Canadian, American football field. Yeah, right. it's a soccer. <laughs> Carl's like football. World. Um, so they they want to know like basic sizes um, and um, rank and the rank yeah. rank if we can figure it out. So rank one, two, three, etc. Mm -hmm. um, typically, rank one. We're not going to see in the middle of summer. We're going to. Yeah. It's it's going to go from rank one to three pretty damn fast because yeah. yeah. rank one is like basically smoldering, doing nothing. So we mm -hmm. get that, like we, our last few fires in the beginning of the year, we're, we're pretty much all rank one. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then you know it goes from there. Um, yeah. Curious, I was uh, on an engine on the engine boss course I was on. Um, they were saying we we really only hit rank three and four. Like that's what that's what we would hit. As, right. I was like, hmm. <laughs> like rank four is pushing our luck. Yeah, but like in but our I'm, area, yeah, like I'm also like, last year. Yeah, we were hitting that rank five switched off, off in the mountain. so fast. Yeah. yeah. And next thing you know, we're jumping straight to structure protection. We weren't doing any of the real yeah. wall land. It was straight into structure protection. Yeah. yeah. So, I, and I, I think you have to picture, like, it's rank five up there, but it's rank four right there, but it's mm-hmm. rank three right here. And mm-hmm. so you really have to know, like, where you, where it is where you are, not yeah. where it is mm-hmm. in general. Because um, mm-hmm. I remember Mike, when he was on the chopper, talking to me, and we were standing around defending that house. Yeah. It was coming on the draw at us, and he and he radioed me. He's like, hey, "Just let so you know, it's it's showing rank rank four behavior right now, coming yeah. towards you." But I'm like, looking around, I'm like, "Well, there isn't anything rank fourish down here." <laughs> so once it hits It'll our change, line, yeah. yeah, once it hits mm-hmm. our our cat guard, it's gonna drop right off. And I mean, it still probably was sitting rank three when it mm-hmm. hit us. But and that's that's one perk we have in our area is that you know we know our areas very well, so we kind of know the fuel load and what's mm-hmm. going to be encroaching into our communities, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like for our community. At the best, we're going to have some rank three stuff through the sagebrush. Yeah. Right. And that's it. Everything else, all the other timber is actually quite a ways away. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'd probably get some pretty good fours and fives where we were the other night absolutely. in that intermix. Yeah, that intermix yeah, yeah, area, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we'd be pushing pretty good. In the, and those two, especially in those two homes that we yes. started with. Yeah. Um, they would definitely be uh, pretty mm-hmm. heavy. So anyways, that size up for forestry needs to know that. Um, then the other big thing is, of course, they have to know aspects. So is it going uphill? Is it is it slow? Is it creeping downhill? Um, wind conditions in your area? They probably will know that sort of when they're coming in. And it's hard for us to, to give that um, yeah. wind. It's it's easier to saying you know strong wind from the north or whatever, right? I'm kind of torn. Yeah. Oh, that's one thing I didn't talk about tonight. On that we are in a meeting about equipment. I'm oh, kind of torn because because some guys really recommend having a kestrel. Mm-hmm. At least one, maybe. Like yeah, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, a kestrel's not bad, but. At the same time, it's like you go outside. You're like, it's pretty windy. Windy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, do I need to know if it's uh, twelve I, or thirteen? I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like for for our areas for what we're doing, I mean, the kestrel is not really going to take yeah. place until later on. Like yeah. once you're like, okay, we got a big scale fire. Okay, hey, now I'm, I'm going to establish a lookout. Yeah, yeah, sure. Then that lookout guy's going to have could have that and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. But again, like like you said, Ash, in our first operational twenty four hours. <clears throat> We're dealing with what's with beside us right now. Like, hey, yeah. I've got a strong wind pushing, you know, it's moving, whatever, it's moving, um, you know, three meters a second right. or whatever. That's aggressive fire behavior, yeah. right? So that's what we're dealing with. I don't need to know the wind speed or yeah. the humidity at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, one of the forestry guys said to us, he goes, you pretty much know August what the humidity is going to be. Mm-hmm. And what the temperature is going to be? Yeah, yeah. Hot. <laughs> that's going to be hot and dry. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, and then all you have to know is if is it, it does it look windy outside or not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's windy. Um, did a thunderstorm just roll through? Okay, it's windy. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I can drop leaves and dirt. If it drops to the ground, yeah. it's yeah. not that bad. If well, it drops sideways, <laughs> I got wind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think yeah, or you slip yeah. behind Warren. Warren's got wind. The other big thing they need to know is, is of course, um, any structures nearby or assets, as they call it. Yeah. So it's not yeah. always structures. It could be power, power lines, lines yeah. um, like water, um, like a water um, pump system. Pumps, pump system, because obviously if your pump mm-hmm. blows or if, if your pump catches fire, your your hydrant probably dies. So mm-hmm. they want to know stuff like that. So yeah. the nearest assets. 
Yeah, your, your power substations, power lines, yeah. things like that. Um, and even back to that, like so, so you've you've arrived. You're given your your rank, wind direction as best you can. Um, you know the the slope or train, and also like Scott was saying, um, any other assets and stuff. Um, then obviously it's happening all at once. Okay, what resource am I needing? It's going to start with my local resources, and then additional resources. Hey, yeah confirming that we've got air support coming in that's one good thing on our air we actually get air support fairly quickly Fast, yeah. during the fire season we so that's, uh, that's yeah, that really so close, right? yeah so we'll get the, that air support rolling so we request that um, and then we've got to start monitoring silver as well as well because mm-hmm. uh, they're going to want to have a chat with you <laughs> Pedro's dead. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so, a new tone. I yeah, think yeah, I know yeah, that one. Like, special tone. Just for, <laughs> just for me, I have to go. The other thing we, we talked about for the scenario we did, but uh, yeah, just establishing your uh, communications and what um, radio frequencies you're using and also for your mutual aid departments, right? So they know what channel mm-hmm. to be um, talking to you with. Right. Um, and yeah, then it just starts getting so fluid so fast. So For that's sure. kind of your primary size up. And then we start getting into your escape routes yeah, and safety zones. I think so much of like our size up, the way things happen, like when you look at the reality of how an event, like I'll, I'll go back because we've, we've had small brush fires, like yeah. lots. And then we've had some like larger events, obviously on both sides of the valley. But if you go back to say last, last year's event, We almost got bit by underestimating it. And that's super, super key to kind of ask for more resources than you need. Mm-hmm. And it was way out of our area. It wasn't coming towards a structure because, like, the structures were down in the valley bottom. The fire was up on a plateau. Um, I mean, it was the middle of the afternoon. I think it was yeah. Yeah, like three o'clock in the afternoon when it came in. Um, and we definitely witnessed some heavy fire behavior moving down slope rapidly. Um, I think in something like, like that, and it worked out really, really well. We kind of got a game plan early. Like, okay, we can see what's happening. So you, you get your uh, visual on it. You got what kind of resources am I going to need? So we're lucky where unless we tell people not to come, we're going to get every piece of equipment that we have in the bay. So as soon as you know, like if I'm not the IC and I miss the first or second truck, but I get to the bay, like you're monitoring and you can hear what's happening. You're like, Oh shit. Like it sounds big. We're just going to continue to roll apparatus for you without being asked. Cause it's, it's easier to be like, yeah, dispatch blah 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 responding with mm-hmm. and then i see we'll hear this we're like ah unit calling um you guys can stage or you guys can do x right but taking that off of ic's plate and just let's get apparatus rolling early is good um and don't hesitate if it's anything anything semi-large like todd was saying get that ask for forestry ask for air um, and then start getting your uh, mutual aid departments coming. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you start to hear that all of your apparatus is rolling, well, now your town has nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and you're stretched super thin. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's get those resources coming early. Um, and then again, get back to getting some safe zones. Like, like mm-hmm. 
what are your escape routes? What are your safe zones? Um, we had many. Uh, just the nature of like our valley, uh, there's a lot of safety that could have been, you know, used there. We mm-hmm. we used a burnt church site because yeah. there's nothing there. What I was being doing, I was being scrolling back for your. Remember when you first pe- texted us? Or then big yep. fire last yeah, year. Yeah. So I got this is a text. Big fire your area. <laughs> and I put where? And then you said, by church I burnt lots of huge smoke. <laughs> that, was, that was your size up from from 15 kilometers away. <laughs> lots of huge smoke. I was already driving to the hall with my forestry gear. Yeah, right. <laughs> where were you? You were Kelowna? Or? I was in Penn. So I was 40 right. minutes away. Yeah, oh, yeah. some poutine. <laughs> I got so much flack from uh, some of the other firefighters that day because I saw it and when I texted, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is gonna be something." So I started gathering my stuff. I got fresh socks and underwear. Headed down to the hall. Do do do. Wander in. You know, the chiefs are already sitting there watching, and we're chatting. A couple other firefighters are there, and then the tones go off, and they're like, "Yeah, they're like." Elevator rescue. Ah, damn! Because the power went out, right? Right. From the from that fire. From so the fire. they're all looking like, "You guys got this." I stayed at the hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go out, and then to do like three or four elevator rescues. <laughs> next thing you know, oh, mutual aid. I jumped on the engine and took off. <laughs> they were so pissed at me. <laughs> like, yeah, I gotta pay attention, boys. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I, I like the fact you were there because it was like, uh, like a friendly. Well, I'm not saying that your guys aren't friendly, <laughs> but it's someone who we know. Mm-hmm. And in a situation yeah. like that, we were like, we we're a little high, we were well, a little jacked up. <laughs> and so I, seeing yeah. you show up, I'm like, oh, thank God. Well, and I knew that area very well yeah. as well sure. from being on your department, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so. Uh, that was definitely that helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing, actually, just to touch base on is, um, like Ashley was saying, once we start that early call for mutual aid departments mm-hmm. is uh, trying to uh, establish, as an IC, trying to establish a uh, staging area. Sure. Um, that initial couple of hours, your escape routes are changing, your safety zones are changing, mm-hmm. and your staging zones are changing. And your command posts, instant command posts could possibly change as well. Sure. Because initially it started actually quite close, like you said, up by the old burnt church. Mm. Then things had to slowly move. Yeah. Um, so that's all going to change. And that's what, when you have some departments will show up and say, oh, what, where's our, what's our safety zones and what's our, our escape routes? So this is the main one, but each truck needs to continually do their own laces and find yeah. their own escape routes because they're going to mm-hmm. be deployed to different areas. Yeah. We will have, in a perfect world, an overall large safety zone if everybody's falling back. Yeah. But individual um, task forces or trucks need to have their own. Mm-hmm. So we said the word laces, so we may as well dip into it and actually, uh, sorry, I said dip. <laughs> so it did. Told it. Uh, so laces. So let's talk a little bit about laces, what it is, um, the, the different the different meaning of it, and then um, actually what we'd be looking out for on those. On those oh, well, laces. you said the first one on the L. I did. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And even with that one, so that is very forestry-based. Yes. Yeah. Put it into our context for what we're doing. We're always kind of our own lookouts. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Well, even the forestry guy said that to us when we were, we were in that. We, yeah, we were, yeah. yeah. They said, you know what? In the perfect world, we have a guy, on, we have a guy stationed on top of the ma- on mountain exactly. with binoculars and a kestrel and the weather, little weather satellite system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he goes, or, he goes, your engine boss just gets out. Yep, I'm gonna. I'm the guy that's watching everybody work. 
Yeah. And which is, that's how it should be. I'm sure. not saying I should be watching everybody work, but. <laughs> but your, your situational awareness is, is keyed up and you're mm-hmm. paying attention to the surrounding area. Yeah. And it's hard as a guy, like as captain, because usually on a structure fire, like we're trying we're to help, we're things. pulling lines, yeah. we're breaching yeah. doors, we're doing all this stuff. We're still watching over the guys, but on a wildfire, you can't really do that because it's, mm-hmm. it's so changing so often. So you're yeah. like, yeah, I don't really need to be tied up here. Like I need to be stepping back, taking a look around. Well, you, mm-hmm. you are, you are tied up. That is your job. Yeah, it's, it's my job. Re- yeah. It's crucial. Yeah. Like again, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. when we're dealing with those big ones and you're getting yeah. those ember storms roll yeah. in. The situation changes yeah. almost immediately yeah. as soon as something like that drops in behind you. Well, that on that fire last year, and I didn't keep one. That really opened my eyes because I was the engine boss on the rescue truck, and I'm thinking as we're driving out there, I'm like, "What? What are we gonna get into? Like, where's the rescue truck? This thing's as a this thing hasn't pumped water in two years. <laughs> I mean, it pumps water, but we haven't actually used it on anything actually, for quite some time. Yeah. So we're driving out there. We knew we had a little bit of forestry line because we put some on, and we're like, "All right." I had a few guys in the truck. We're discussing what we're going to be doing. And we get there. We're like, oh, because I didn't have an, we didn't have an assignment because we're the rescue truck. (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, this is our assignment. Like our assignment is to make sure it doesn't jump over our our anchor point or our roadway. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hold on this roadway. So that was our assignment. I sent a couple guys to go help other crews that were short. And then uh, our crew held, but. Then I realized, crap, like, we're, embers are hitting us. Um, mm-hmm. I actually ended up getting a, the piss can off the truck and, like, spraying embers that are around the truck because we were getting hit with the ember shower. Um, and then I realized, because our driver started getting off the truck. Because a lot of times, you know, regular fire, we park, driver gets off the truck, does what he can <clears throat> and helps, you know, move hose and stuff, but he's still near the truck. Well, our driver that day, I'm like, get back on the truck and sit in there. He's like, what? I'm like, stay on that truck. I'm like, close the window, stay on the truck. Because we're probably leaving here fast. And he's like, oh. Mm-hmm. So that's what I realized. So this engine boss job. Like, I got to yeah, definitely take a step back and watch oh, everybody sure. work. Because it's like, I'm not getting tied in. Because if I would have been tied in, pulling line, the driver gets off the truck to help. Now we don't have the driver handy. And yeah. Yeah. It's a chaos. Yeah. yeah. I was very, very similar. So up where we were. So we were the only unit that was, like, tied in there. And we were making the shift to get our bladders down and blah, blah, blah. But still, like, everybody else was down on the roadway. Yeah. So there was no eyes up there. So it was myself and my crew. And, like, I would, like, a quick, like, I'm just going to help drag this hose and then back, back right away. Yeah. It was hands off the entire time. We had uh, one, two, there was three hose lines that were flaked out. Um, and... To keep eyes on everybody, I only had one little spot where I could stand and like really right. oversee everything. And what was happening to the east side was completely different than what was happening behind me. Mm-hmm. So like I was really concerned with what was happening over on this side. Over here, okay, it was less intense, but I still had to see it. Um, but getting yourself completely away from like hands-on work, uh, it was like the first time that... It started off like when it wasn't super crazy because it wasn't quite quite at us yet. I'm like, oh, I feel like, like I should be doing something. Like these these yeah. guys are all running around, and then within minutes, I'm like, oh, I'm happy. I'm not because a like I'm I'm not gassed, yeah. and like I'm in my best mental capacity to to mm-hmm. be making these calls because in that environment, you are making like in a structure fire, you're making you know, you're making those reassessments like minute by minute or whatever. This was like every 15, you know, 20 seconds. It was a, you know, look and assess, turn around, look and assess, 
by the time I looked back, you're you're already in the reassessment mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, you have to be switched on. Yeah, the most work I did that night was uh, when you and I, when we came up and you found that. The mattress was on fire. The, mattresses. the mattress was on fire on that deck. And yeah. then I ran up with you and we're hucking stuff off the deck, trying to not let the structure go up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, and going back to the lookout part of it for us too, like as, as an engine boss or uh, an officer, you know, like part of that also is keeping your ear to the comms, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to be hearing other reports or other areas of, that could be worsening and knowing that lay of the land, you're already painting that picture of your escape routes, right? So you're yeah. moving right into the, the next step. Yeah. And that's that, that's that A coming in there, right? Uh, your, uh, your anchor points. Yeah. 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 So, so the anchor point, I mean, on that, back to that fire, the anchor point was definitely the road. Yeah. Um, yeah. The hard road, like not the, not the little ancillary dirt roads, like the hard, mm-hmm. like Paved. the main road. Yeah, yeah definitely. In, yeah. Um, so that was where, and that's why we were so adamant at holding that point. That's uh, like we had three resources on that: a, a tender, yeah. our rescue truck, and a bush truck. And then, uh, and then even uh, I think a, a plane came and dropped a bunch of stuff on yeah. us too, because yeah. it was like they understood that that was our anchor point we're trying to hold. Yeah, we got a little bit of a spray of the red retardant as we yeah. went up off that road up that mm-hmm. driveway. Yeah, so they truck too. Yeah. So I think so they understood like you know the forestry guards can see that we're trying to hold this anchor point because that's where that's basically our main artery out, which is also our escape road. Yeah. So so an anchor point is anywhere like basically that we can anchor from, like we can park the trucks on and then push line into. Um, so it's a safe. It's like a it's like a mini safe zone. I, yeah. I think I look at it as. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's our A. So then let's move into the C. Uh, yeah, communications. Um, so again, comes back to. You know, just being able to multitask as that um, uh, engine boss um, and in, get, making sure you're on the right communications. And as you guys found out in the other fires going north, you guys didn't have their channel, so you grabbed a radio. So, right. boom, mm-hmm. cross that off. Now you got comms. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just ensuring that we have the same operational channel. Everybody knows uh, what channel you're on for what uh, area of the fire. Um, and making sure that you have either line of sight or verbal um, communication with your crew and team that's all part of it as well right like everybody doesn't need a radio and i don't want you talking on the radio on that channel to me if i can see you like yeah let's keep that radio communication clear that's for command and the engine boss you think it's crazy with communications because at some points you need like three three radios because you need Mm -hmm. like one for us one for the now maybe with the task force um and then one for the forestry guys yeah so you're trying to like listen to what they're doing or talk to them if you need them Plus, you're trying to talk to everybody else. It's like, that. <laughs> yeah, it's busy. Um, and then, you know, back to anything that we can do to minimize how busy that is. Yeah. So that's where you start getting your, your tack lines, your uh, local repeater mm-hmm. lines, and your, uh, like, silver or air, you know, mm-hmm. forestry line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and comms, as we very well know, they're always one of the biggest problems for all of us, for the majority. It depends on the area. That's why then, again, it comes back to those markers, writing the numbers on the windows of the trucks mm-hmm. and things like that, right? Having that as an extra step there is always, yeah. always useful. That's a great point. And that's the, that was the first thing I did when we went up there is I, I knew Bob was IC, so I wrote that on. And as soon as we got there... You know, I wrote the TAC channel or what operational channel we were on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as things progressed, I started writing down where the uh, command post was, the location, uh, the safety zone. And then um, I think I wrote something else down. I can't remember. Like the other truck we were with, I think. I can't remember. Um, and then, yeah, it, it 
that changed as we progressed, but it's so easy having that on the windshield. Just wipe it off, change yeah. it, then everybody on your truck can, can see. see it as well, right? So yeah. if something happens to me, next person that needs to step up, they have all that information right there. Yeah, that was really key um, on the course that I was at, um, uh, PDEC. <laughs> They're like, we want everybody in that truck to know all of the info. Yeah. Um, it's not one of those things like, ah, this is just for the officer. No, <laughs> if there's info, let's share it. Everybody gets Because it. it doesn't matter. Like if something pops off, if something happens, like they would go out there and look for like, all right, who do I see that looks like the most rookie guy on this crew? And then they'll start asking questions and they want that person to know. Mm-hmm. So it's up to that engine boss or that tr- uh, truck officer to be, you know, relaying that. And we've found everything up on the window is the best way to communicate that because it's going to be a de- default way of saying like, oh, shoot, I don't know right now. Oh, look up. There it is. Mm-hmm. So if now you're away from the truck, if everybody has a little notebook in their uh, rig, it's, it's easy to pull pull that info out again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do up your own laces. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the E. So escape. Escape routes. Yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. Very, very important. Um, anytime that you're in a situation, uh, knowing your escape routes. Yeah. Um, and communicating them with the crew uh, and everybody else that's uh, going to be in that. So if it's a task force that's in there, uh, making sure the task force knows. Um, making sure... Um, like just... I, I, I guess um, if you've got people in your task force, having them uh, monitor it, like that's where our bush truck, our uh, side yeah. by side, having them, um, you know, monitor the escape routes, making sure that they're, that they are secure and safe. Yeah. Um, and, and you're actually supposed to do, I mean, when you're a force worker, you're supposed to time all your escape routes. Yeah. Um, right. Walk, walk them if you can. I mean, obviously we are in a little different situation. We're not, we're not dismounted for very long. Like we're dismounted. No. But within usually 100 feet of our truck, yeah, because mm-hmm. we—that's what our truck like. We are designed for a different feature. We're not, mm-hmm. We don't normally go in the woods and start hacking guard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, when we dismount, we're we're close. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't normally walk the road. But yeah, our escape routes yeah. versus forestry is like our escape routes are going to be drivable. Yeah, yeah the forestry is a walker. You're looking at things like avoiding uh, uphill escape routes yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And But for us, it's, okay, what roadway is our escape route? Yeah. And totally is there more than one way out of here? Yeah. yeah. Like our scenario the other night, mm-hmm. one, they were both only one way in and one way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that turns into a real strong anchor point then. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then the S, boys. It's a safety zone. So, yeah, safety zone. Um there used to be a, a thing it was like what four times the possible flame height yeah. so you had to look at the tree and you're like wait hi then and then do all these calculations but i mean just make it big yeah, <laughs> make it really big make it yeah. big, as big as you can yeah mm-hmm. um, you know try to make it um free of uh material that's gonna burn but mm-hmm. i mean just some, sometimes we don't have that luxury like um the other, the other night speedy was calling out safety zones as we went and mm-hmm. You know, we we were calling out, he was calling out lakes, like those little ponds and stuff, which is which is fine. Like we could park, and we were kind of discussing as we're driving. I'm like, do you think that engine would be able to drive near that lake? He said, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, is it too muddy or? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, we could park the engine on the road and walk mm-hmm. down to the lake, and mm-hmm. you know, if it got really bad, unfortunately, we'd lose an engine, but we'd all be fine. Yeah. So there's that. Um, 
<clears throat> and then, you know, we, we were discussing as we're driving different options for safety zones. We could go all the way back out to the main road where we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of pastures in there, which are normally green. Even mm-hmm. in the middle yeah. of summer, they're usually pretty green. Yeah. So there's lots of pretty big safety zones where we were mm-hmm. um, the other night. Um, the, the fire kicked off last year. Um, yeah, I think I called it the safety zone at one yeah. point, And that was the old, because we had actually had a structure fire at the old burnt church. So we called it the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the safety zone is the burnt church because massive area where there was nothing to burn anymore <laughs> i mean and it probably if you looked at it it probably still wasn't big enough no. um to fit all of us in but it was the best thing we had and mm-hmm. that's yeah. usually what you have to do just the best safety zone you have because realistically with as many apparatuses we had the base the only safety zone that would fit the criteria would be the hospital yeah <laughs> basically yeah. Out. which essentially that can be your overall safety zone but yeah. again it comes back mm-hmm. to the town middle for town. what, what yeah, we're doing in mm-hmm. as structural departments doing these deployments and these fire attacks it's uh more so okay well what's my crew of one truck two trucks three trucks where's our safety zone yeah can we if we need to fall back for a while right Mm -hmm. so that could just mean parking in the middle of their lawn (laughs) like you know just figuring out you know realizing that if the structure went up how how big it's going to be how hot it's going to be that's why we don't let the structure go up And again, that is the biggest thing. So obviously we've talked about laces here and, and laces is it's everybody's responsibility. It's not just one guy's going to tell you. Everybody needs to pay attention to that. Yes, mm-hmm. you are going to get information as the engine boss that you do need to relay, but it's still everybody's responsibility to be looking around, remembering sure. these anchor points because anything can happen when you're out there. You know, yeah. we, we talk about structure fires being the box on fire. The box will eventually put itself out. Do we need to go in? Not necessarily, but we do anyway because of the way that we have to do things and the way that we like to do things. Sure. But when it comes to a wildfire, it changes so quickly, so dramatically. The winds, the embers, everything. There's just, there's just so many more unknowns out there. And having that many unknowns and being in that environment makes it so much more dangerous. It's the polar opposite. Like a structure fire is a box that we're trying to contain and put out. In a wildland, we're the box, and the world is the fire. <laughs> so, like, we're trying to make our box bigger <laughs> and make the world smaller. Like the Costco is on fire. Yeah. Not, yeah. not one box is on fire. All the boxes are burning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos. Especially in this first 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, any more to add, Jens? What is that? DEFCON? What is it? Deployment. Oh, deployment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess some of the uh, um, options we have, so we, you know, the anchor, anchor and holds, the um, mm-hmm. bump and runs. Um, I think they're like terms that are more common used now. Um, mm-hmm. Like engine boss wasn't, I was a term I wasn't even, didn't hadn't heard until like a year and a half ago. Probably. Yeah, yeah, the last couple of years. years. Ago. Yeah. Um, I'm still not a big fan of the term. I don't like the term boss because it sounds yeah. like you're, you're, you're some kind yeah. of like. Mm-hmm. So when I, you hear what I'm saying, boy, <laughs> like it's like I, maybe it's like Dukes of Hazard, but that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Boss hog. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like that. I, I mean, it's a term yeah, that they use. It's, it's just you know, um, and when you say it, everyone, everyone in the forestry, and it's the common term, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone knows who you are. Um, I would be just as fine with sitting captain. But, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, that falls back to just common terminology, right? Making sure everybody's on the same terminology, yeah, sure. like, right? Yeah, that's big. Yeah, so, I mean, we are dabbling in the forestry world, so we, we go with what their terms are that they use. Mm-hmm. You know, so if if we say, hey, we're going to do a, a prep and defend, everyone kind of knows what we're doing. Like, we're going to get there. Um, the fire hasn't reached us yet. We have time to do that fire smarting. Um, it's one the interesting thing they call it. They call it jackpotting the um, debris. 
So like around the so it's like you know, there's a gas can, there's wood pile. You jackpotted in one pile in the mm-hmm. middle of the in the middle of the yard. So it's funny. <laughs> we we were up at on on our sim there. I couldn't remember that it was jackpotting <laughs> in the moment. And I'm like I'm walking around with uh, JP and we're talking about like making the pile and it's like oh man, damn it, why is it like it just escaped me? And I'm like. It's like a honey potter. <laughs> and then I started laughing. I was like, honey dick. You're just, just wandering around, honey dick your properties. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm going to remember that. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's what it's going to be forever. Yeah. There's a jack off pile over there. Right? Mm. So, yeah. So, I guess you jackpot means you put a big pile of stuff mm. in the middle of this thing. So, um, basically, keeps it away from the house. Yeah. yeah. So they have these ter- all these terms, right? And, but once you start using them, it's actually pretty easy. Um, sure. I mean, we don't use all of them. We use we'll say bump and run because then mm-hmm. guys know what we're we're, we're setting the lineup. It's like a truck setup at yeah at that point. Yeah, yeah, and then um, and then we usually call a prep and defend an anchor and hold. Anchor and hold. Yeah. Because yeah. essentially, we're dropping the tank. We're anch- we're anchoring into the ground with our water supply, and we're we're setting mm-hmm. the pumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, the the crossover that we've got. You know, getting into it now is uh, we've been in the wildfire, wildland stuff. We 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 don't get a choice. Like it's our area. It's just the way our area is, Mm -hmm. and it's the way it's always going to be. It's that kind of desert, bushy, hot weather. Like we're going to see it every year. So we need to be prepared for it. And I think this crossover that we're now doing again, regardless of whether or not we're structural guys, getting this extra footing in and this knowledge from the forestry and wildland side is mm-hmm. massively valuable. Well, and Brian and I, because when we were up in that area, we were talking about a fire we had 2015 in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Brian and I were looking at the mountain where that was, and we were talking about the house and we we're talking about that fire and how we, I mean, we saved the house and we did okay. I'm going to be the first to admit my tactics were poor. I wasn't an officer yet, but I like, you know, Spencer and I decided to like, yeah, let's grab a hose and walk out of the woods and see if we can put it out. That's <laughs> massive wildfire. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, we didn't know when really any better. Sure. So we thought we could go meet it and we'll cut it off here. And no, that's not the way it is. But, like we're so, and then we had a, but we had guys just spraying. And again, probably, you know, I told the new guys, yeah, no spraying over there, spray water over there. Well, what are we? Why were, and then later on, I actually watched combat camp footage of this, and I was like, "Why? Why did I tell? Them, why were we spraying water over there? Because it was literally for no reason." Mm. So we were burning through all this water. Tenders were running. Um, you know, we were wasting resources. Um, like I get the guys out too. Yeah, we were sure. tired. We, you know, Grant was there, so Grant had a lot of forestry experiences. Hey, let's cut a garden here. So we cut a garden. We never tied it off to an anchor point, so. Um, I remember we, the, we kept making the guard longer and longer and longer. We kept adding hose to it. We ended up with like 300 feet of hose, like maybe 600 feet of hose out <laughs> trying to stop this fire from, you know, whereas we could have just cut a guard around it and let it burn another rope. Mm-hmm. So all these tactics we use now, back then it would have been, it would the fire, the result would have been the same. We, the fire would have burned around the building and it wouldn't have burned the building, but we also wouldn't have tired ourselves out. Yeah. Um, wasted water. I'm not saying we wasted water, just in, in the case it actually kicked off on top of us. We would have been uh, sparse on water. Um, we didn't really have a truck driving up and down the safety route. It was like just some things that mm-hmm. that I think we would do totally differently now. Sure. Um, the truck wouldn't be the truck itself would not be deploying hose. 
It would be like, it would deploy a couple hose, mm-hmm. we get the pump set up, and then the truck would wait and yeah. be ready to go. Which is great. Yeah, I'd say in the last five to ten, ten years, five, five years, five. really five, our tactics have come a long way. Like, we've really embraced the interface and intermixed fires yeah. in our area um, and, and really stepped up on the forestry side of it. Uh, yeah, which has made us way, way better. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah hats off to the guys like everybody's really embraced it we've all worked really hard so it's good it definitely shows when we have events like the christy mountain fire the ink meat fire mm-hmm. um yeah def- definitely shows and we've gotten really positive feedback from uh bc wildfire as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah some really key changes it, even just the fact you know like when i like i said i drove when i was first starting there five years ago ish Mm-hmm. We're running up mountains in thirty-five to forty-degree weather, wearing bunker gear, and dragging an inch and a half stretcher line. Yeah, just dog shit. That fucking yeah. sucks. Like yeah. that sucks. Real. It's good that you fast. remember that though. Now you're being like, all the guys are saying, "Oh, this, you know, hey, this is what it could have been. This is how Absolutely. it used to be." Yeah. <laughs> That's literally a back in my day story. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really back is. In the day. Yeah. <laughs> This is a bad wee stuff to drag up. You should have structure up better. Both ways. Both ways. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. Any more for any more on that one? No, I think that was probably our our least um, organized discussion. But I think it paints a really good a really good picture. Yeah, it's probably the least organized type of like size up that. You, we're gonna have like mm-hmm. if you go to a structure fire you have the size up because you're looking directly at it and that's your box yeah you don't get the luxury of seeing that like you would need to be in a helicopter to get a true yeah. mm-hmm. size up you're only going to get the flank that you see um unless it starts off very very small and then you don't really need to have a major size up because yeah. it's really really small but if it's any sort of event that's kicking off, you're only going to see a flank and yeah. like what's happening directly in front of you. So it's kind of funny to me when uh, we have these big fires and they send in uh, the city crews to us. Mm. And it makes it sound like when the city crews, oh, the city crews are coming. Okay. And when they show up, everything's going to be better. When they show up, they're like, what is this? Because, <laughs> mm. again, a city crew is used to fighting a box. It could be a really big box. Sure. But it's still a, a box. really tall box. It's a really tall box. Mm-hmm. It's still just a box, and usually they have hydrants. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember last, we we were working with a crew last year, and you know they their engine had three hundred gallons of water on it, and we're like, what? Like our rescue truck has three hundred gallons of water, in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't even use it. <laughs> yeah. We're like, well, they're like, well, we're always tied into a hydrant. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> how much water do you guys have in your truck? A thousand gallons, <laughs> and that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Because we're burning through that because we have nothing else. So there's different considerations. Yeah, yeah it's totally different. But it, it, I just always find it funny because they're always like, "Oh, we're sending the city crews in to help." Okay, cool. Yeah, they train. I would rather them. have. I'd rather have the the most rural redneck department with us mm-hmm. that like fights wildfires all the time because they know how to do water ma- conserve mm-hmm. conservation. Mm-hmm. They know how to attack fires. They know how to let fires burn. They know what to do. Um, half of them are probably carrying drip 
drip torches on, they'll do backburns and stuff. <laughs> it's like, uh, like drip torches, they're just dropping their cigarettes. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, honestly, when the, when the little in the little uh, backwater department show up that have had lots of wildfires, I'm, those are the guys I'm like, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what to yeah. And you know, it's kind of how forestry does the drawdown because yeah. they try to grab the people like, kind of the furthest away. So, that like that first operational period, you're getting all of your mutual aid departments. Great, yeah. Uh, once it starts to expand. They don't want to tax like they don't want to tax other local resources yeah. that are in the same danger level that yeah. this wildfire is already mm-hmm. in. So they they so go they pull the city they, guys they, they, pull, they pull these uh, city guys. The city guys are not going to get a wildfire. Like yeah. probably it's like well, Stanley Park going to burn down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe. Yeah. But um, so that's where they get all all these larger city departments. Scott outlined the problem with that. So yeah. I'd say 601, half a dozen the other, but yeah, send me those rednecks. <laughs> yes, I mean, uh... I'll say right now, in 2003, it was a shit show. <laughs> I was working with forestry, and you get all these fucking city departments rolling up in their trucks. <laughs> <It's honestly laughs> no, no forestry coveralls, no shovels, no plaskies, no macau tools, no hand tools. Mm-hmm. They had no fucking idea what they're doing. You know, they're driving up into the bush where there's rank fucking five fire going, oh yeah, we're going to go up here and we're going to stretch a line as the seasoned cat operators like... We're fucking out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, give me a break. It was a shit show. And that was yeah. us five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, for no sure. but it was, yeah, it was we, bad. We were on their tail. Yeah. It, was, it was real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's a just it's a different game. It's a completely yeah. different game. It is. And that the fact that we've gotten lucky enough to have the people around us to be able to come in, bring them in, have these conversations with people, and create these new tools and tactics, and look mm-hmm. at it properly. Yeah. Massive, massive changes, massive development. Mm-hmm. Any more for any more? Don't think no. so. Modus. Modus. Uh, yeah, so there are snagger tools, there are uh, forced entry wedges, uh, soft entry kit, um, there are hydrant wrench, there are hose straps, there, 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 there. Check them out on their social medias. Uh, check out some videos that we have on ours. Uh, if you like what you see there, run discount code DTFF5 for 5% off. Um, and a little tidbit of information, uh, the video is wrapped. So awesome. stay stay tuned for uh, a really cool project. Is uh, sounds like it's really close to going live. So look watch, forward to that. Watch for that. Yeah. Then we have the old Stop the Bleed. Uh, StopTheBleed.org. Yeah, go online. See if there's any instructors or courses near you. If you're interested in becoming an instructor, uh, that'll give you some information as well. Uh, so, of course, the uh, three uh, best ways for major uh, hemorrhage control is uh, direct pressure, um, <coughs> packing, and tourniquet application. Make sure you have a high-quality tourniquet. Um, online, the courses there, that will outline which tourniquets are the best ones to use in our areas. And yeah, just uh, check out our, our videos on YouTube and stuff on it as well. We did a little course content on it and show a little bit of uh, techniques. And if you're doing the training, throw some of that training into your regular FR or fire practice as well and make it as uh, you know as fun and as realistic as you can. Absolutely. Uh-huh. No Fidelity all the way. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Olson. Tanner Olson is coming July 9th to the... <laughs> July. July. <laughs> July 9th to our 100th year celebration. Um, so just before he goes to, just before he goes to Calgary, Calgary Stampede, which we've already talked about, 
getting a spittoon tonight? Oh, like hell yeah. Too much Yellowstone. Anyways, check them out on uh, Spotify or wherever you get your music. And, uh, and then you have us. You can find us on the Facebook and the YouTube and the Instagrams and the TikToks and uh, obviously on whatever platform you're listening to us on currently. If you wouldn't mind just giving a quick second, pop in, give us a rating, drop us a like and a, and a five-star rating. rating. Yeah. That would be greatly appreciated. Any more for any more, gents? Nope. With one star, you can piss off. <laughs> Ash. Thank you. Scott. Good night. Todd. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. Stay DTFF. <laughs>